Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Ticket to Broadway, where Broadway meets Main Street. <laughs> Here's your host, my pal, David Alpert. <laughs> Hello to you listening to this episode of E-Ticket to Broadway. I'm thrilled you've come across the only podcast which discusses which Broadway musical is most like the Enchanted Tiki Room. I'll tell you one thing, it is not Carousel. This is the 11th episode of the podcast, and the support from you all has been so encouraging and wonderful. Thank you. If you're enjoying what you're hearing and want to support more episodes, please head over to our website, www.eticketpodcast.com, to learn how you can become one of our awesome Patreon supporters. There are fun perks at each level of giving, and you can help make more episodes happen at just $2 a month. That's like two bites of a churro. I wanted to thank two of our newest supporters. At the very fancy e-ticket level is Alana S. from Ontario, Canada, and at the C-ticket level, Kayla L. from Oklahoma. Thank you to these two for supporting not just the podcast, but also Gilana's Fund, which is working to make the world a better, more accepting, and equitable place. Our guest on this episode loves Disneyland in such a deep, wonderful way that in chatting with her, I found myself loving the parks even more. She starred on Broadway in the original cast of Waitress, Les Mis, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, as well as Hands on a Hard Body, for which she was Tony-nominated, and on screen was seen in Rent Live and famously sang the anthem, This Is Me, in The Greatest Showman. Hold on to them hats and glasses, because this here is Kayala Settle. Kiela, thank you so, so, so much for joining for this podcast. You are so talented, and we love how much you're a fan of Disneyland. Oh, Disney taught me everything. <laughs> everything. You're from Hawaii. Did you go to Disney parks a lot as a kid? Um, actually, for a very small amount of time in my life, I lived in Louisiana because my father... Uh, was getting his doctorates in uh, northern Louisiana at the time. And so for a few years, uh, our whole family lived there. We were originally in Hawaii, then we went back to Louisiana because that's where his um, his scholarship was, as well as his visa, because he is he was at the time um, on a green uh, on a visa to because he's from England uh, to work and study in the US. And now he's a full fledged American. And um, so I'll never forget the trip that we took when I was about 12, 13 years old. There's five of us in our family, kids, and then my mom and my dad. And we got in our car, you know, this big old station wagon, which we called Gertie. Yeah. <laughs> because we couldn't believe Gertie was still running at the time. And I mean, it actually conked out twice, I think, on the way there. And then once on the way back because it overheated or something. But we drove from... Uh, northern Louisiana all the way to Orlando. That's a that's a long trip. Yeah, and it was I think about a year or two just after Figment had opened, and um, over at Epcot, and that was and to this day remains uh, my favorite ride ever. <laughs> when was the first time you went to Disneyland? Disneyland was actually I think. Um, when I started going to university, um, in Southern Utah, we would have these weekends because, um, I was working for the Utah Shakespearean festival at the time and on Sundays they don't perform. And so Saturday night when the curtain would come down, a few of us, because there, I mean, obviously if you know Disney, you will always find another Disney-ite in the crowd in the group. yes welcome and to this podcast exactly hi how are you and i did i found a group of actors that were just going we gotta go we gotta go we gotta go and so we loaded up our cars and we in the middle of the night after the show had closed for saturday night we drove all the way from southern utah um in cedar city from the shakespeare festival all the way down the 15 
over to the 60, then to the 57, and then got off at Harbor Boulevard and went over to the Cockroach Inn across the street that used to be there. <laughs> like, I think it was a Penny Inn or something right next to the Acapulco. And um, we would have enough time to everybody rotate and get in a shower and then go straight to the gates right across the street. The dream. Um, and I that was the first time, I think, um, that we did it. We were exhausted. We didn't care. Um, it was just, you know, it's where we all wanted to go. And I think that was the first time we went to Disneyland and discovered annual passes. And that's when I was, you know, sort of in my mind going, look, if I can do this trip at least three times, well, back then anyway, it's already paid for itself. Yeah, so it's I'm worth getting it. an annual pass. Yeah. It was crazy. <laughs> Isn't it great when you find in your circle of friends, like, do you also like Disney parks? Oh my gosh. It's And then once you figure it out, it's so great. Oh yeah. It's like a whole other family. Kayla, we have to talk about this beautiful tweet of yours from January of 2019, where you tweeted, after almost 20 years of always being temporarily out of service every time I came to Disneyland, I finally got to ride the Matterhorn again tonight. Oh my God, I laughed and cry. cried tears of joy. <laughs> Thank you, Disneyland, for always being there with the magic. It's, I actually am crying right now. I forgot I wrote that. It's I, beautiful. I have it, it framed already. Yeah, it's... Uh, oh. Oh my gosh it was I'll never forget it I was there that night and I um didn't realize that it was open and we were walking towards it and I saw people in a queue uh late at night and I was going there's no way this is open and I was with some friends of mine some Disney friends and um actually I think I was I with I think I was with Tony Baxter actually Tony was one of the guys okay. that was with we're, us. We're going to come back. <laughs> we'll to talk that. about that. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. Anyway. And I started to cry. I started bawling because I remember the first and only time that I had ridden it, I think, was that day that I just told you about when we drove all the way from Utah in the middle of the night because it was my favorite ride and I loved it. And at the time when they were doing fireworks, Tink was still coming across the sky um, and sort of waving her wand um, across the sky before the fireworks started. And, you know, it all started over there from the Matterhorn. And uh, so when I got on that ride, I just, every, every memory that I had from then came rushing back. And I felt so bad for everyone that was in my cars behind me that I didn't know. I mean, I was with some friends, but, you know, it's always, you know, it's got to be six or four or three, you know, to match it up. And, I, cause I, I screamed and I laughed and I cried. I could barely breathe because I remembered every turn, every nuance, every moment where I knew when the car turned, I would be visible to the outside. And then my heart would pound because I thought that this imaginary Yeti was chasing me, who was now, as I was looking at it, all electronic and digital, but it didn't matter because that feeling was still there. And it just, it was it was such a great night and made me so thankful that I was there. Just made me so thankful. Thank you for sharing that. That though, I will tell you the new snowman is terrifying. It's terrifying. It's really scary. It's absolutely terrifying. When you go back, if you go into guardians of the galaxy, yeah, he's mission there. breakout. The, yeah, yeah, there yeah, he yeah. is. You know who else is there? No, tell me. Remember country bear jamboree? Yes. You remember Dolores the octopus? Oh no. <laughs> You don't remember Dolores the Octopus? I don't think so. I mean, that was a long time ago. Oh, come on, man. I know. Come on. What do you call yourself? I know. I'm so ashamed. Anyway, she's up there, too. You can see her tentacle over the side of the railing in uh, the same area that the Yeti is in. Do you remember that first time you went on the Matterhorn when you had to straddle the person in front of you? Oh, yeah. And it was the same thing uh, with uh, Splash Mountain. It was kind of like um, where they had that fake seat belt and you just kind of find a hole and put it in there i know that sounds yep, gross you but go. you just kind of had to find a hole and hope for the best yeah oh yeah <laughs> that's why you were always going please let me have the same person please let me have please don't let me have some other weirdo person please let me but then you know the ride operators were so kind and basically said don't worry we're not gonna put you with someone you don't know <laughs> yeah. you know i love that i mean the matterhorn i love so much because it's so classic yeah. but man it hurts my back I'll tell you what, as I get older. I don't care. It's true. It's true. It's it's It feels like a Coney Island ride with all the extra bits, but I do not care. I will take the plunge. I will do it. Because it's scary. I mean, that's part of it. That's the part of it that makes it scary. Right? 
let's talk about your friend, Mr. Baxter, that you just so nonchalantly I dropped. tried to not to, and I was Come hoping on. that I wouldn't even... No, look, it's so cool. Because that's, I mean, and I didn't know how cool it was until I got to walk around the park with him for the first time. And I thought to myself, wow, yeah, this is this is a thing. The first time that I went to a park, uh, which was Disneyland with, uh, Tony and, uh, a group of friends, actually, it was, uh, Tim O'Day, Howard Green, a bunch of people that, uh, have had the, have been working for Disney in some capacity, whether it's, you know, the studios or the parks or marketing, you know, or whatnot. Um, and they took me to the new club 33 lounge at the time. And I, when I first went to Disneyland back in the day, I had the privilege of going to the old school Club 33, where you had to oh, get cool. into the elevator, you yeah. know, and you had, you know, the whole thoroughly modern Millie elevator. <laughs> it looked like, <laughs> <Okay>. you know. <laughs> you were on the way up. Yeah, you're on the way up. And uh, then I didn't know that there was an extension and I was invited there because um, I was asked by the Academy um, of motion picture arts and sciences to sing for a 90th uh, birthday celebration for Richard uh, Sherman. And actually it was sort of a Sherman brothers um, event and it uh, was a total blessing. It was also the first time that I had come back to sing since I had had brain surgery because I had had a stroke um, prior to that. So I was really, really nervous, and they had asked me to sing a ballad version of It's a Small World. And at the time, um, even, I mean, who knew that this was going to be where we are now? But even back then at that time, where the world was then, it was it was very hard for me to sing that song because it's, um, that's my dog barking. I'm so sorry if you hear her. Oh, we love dogs. Izzy, it's okay, baby. It's okay. We're going to pretend we're on pirates. Here, come bring me the keys, Izzy. Bring me the keys. She's probably going to go out there and eat the fertilizer in my zucchini plant. Oh, well, whatever. Oh, Izzy. Oh, whatever. Just don't die. Um, Okay. So I was able to sing that song, but it was really hard for me, too, because though if you because that's my second favorite ride, because um, if you listen to the words, they're absolutely timeless. And whether you hear it as the earworm that it is or you hear it as a ballad and you get the opportunity to sing it as a ballad, it means even so much more than it ever did and then you know when you get to sit in that ride at the end of the night which is what I used to do before they before all this happened um that was always my last ride at the end of every night that would be it yeah and it was originally intended as a ballad correct correct and then they sped up and so I actually saw on Instagram that there's a beautiful photo of you with Richard Sherman. Do yes. you remember your conversation I, with him? Yes. Like what do you I, I got to meet him in LA once too, but do you remember what you spoke to him about? Yes, I will tell you exactly. And I want to thank publicly he's never gonna hear this, but I'm gonna do it anyway, because I feel like it's something I should do. Um Greg Sherman, his son, um wrote and sort of wrote the screenplay of this documentary and also I think directed it. Uh I think it's called For the Boys and it's about the Sherman brothers. It's incredible, and if anyone has um, the capability to go find it and watch it, please do. I remember watching it on Amazon Prime. It may still be there, or on YouTube Watch. Please go find it, because it will change your life. It is incredible, because those guys, the Sherman Brothers, are my connection to everything Walt Disney, everything. It's the way I learned how to sing. Um, I can never tell the story without crying and, and I'm failing today, but who cares? So when I came out of brain surgery, um, I had to stay in the ICU for about a week. And then I was uh, released to some friends of mine who kept me at their home very graciously um, for a month because I had to recuperate. I had to sort of learn how to walk and learn how to talk again uh, because my speech had, uh, I sort of had a bit of aphasia, um, which is, common for this type of surgery and uh so one of the uh exercises that I had to do every day when I woke up um I had seven of them and one of them was to remember a song that you have no problem remembering it's the first song that comes to your to your mind (laughs) no pun intended first song that comes to your mind and to write out every single word of that song every single day no cutoffs no 
shortening of words you have to because I had to relearn how to write as well so it was sort of a two-for-one exercise for myself that I had to do every day and the first song that came to my mind because it's always been my favorite is early stay to the steps of St. Paul's the little old bird woman comes and so I write I wrote that every day I have every single page that I wrote for 30 days and even onward because I had to continue to do that for the next um six weeks uh, before I could get all of my faculties back and so when I was asked to sing anything for this event by Greg and by the academy I crumbled inside because I was going to be able to tell Richard which I did that night I said this is uh, I'm just a person here singing one of your songs but I just want you to know that this is why I'm here. And I know you've heard a lot of stories like this, but I just want to be, you know, a million and one, the, the other story. And it's a privilege for me to be here and sing here with you. And I met his wife, Elizabeth, and his, his, his uh, brother's family was there as well. And it was, it was an incredible evening. Also, too, because... Leslie Ann Warren was there. She was singing stuff from The Happiest Millionaire in the exact same key that she had sung it when she was 18 years old, uh, 19, when I, whatever age she was. And Haley Mills was there singing Let's Get Together and actually talking about the fact that when she came out of that movie, everybody thought she was a singer. And she's going, I'm not a singer, guys. I'm not a singer. It just happened to be in this movie. And Dick Van Dyke was there, yes? Oh, yes. The whole crew was there. The whole Dick Van Dyke crew. But even all of, you know, all of the Pixar people, because they branched off. They were originally there. They were all there before they branched off into all these, you know, companies. And all dedicating their evening and a lot of their work. They did a lot of clips, um, foreign in behalf of the Sherman brothers and their families. It just, it was such an incredible night to relish. And also for me realize how much of my life, which is now I'm realizing 99.9% of it is them. And they have shaped and molded who I am as a performer, as a singer, as a storyteller. It's incredible. And I'm grateful for it. I'm so grateful for it. Anyway, that's where I met Tony. And that's the end of the story. <laughs> so yeah, that's where I met Tony Baxter. And we and that's why I got to go to um, Club 33 Lounge that day. And um, he was, I, I, I basically sat right across from him at the table, at every table we sat at, because the questions kept flying. I kept asking every single question that I had. We went to go see Fantasmic that night. I bitched about the differences about it and what was out of it and why it was out of it. I didn't understand it, why they changed the recording aspect of it. I hated that too. And I was talking, I'll never get hired by Disney. Sorry, guys. Um, but I Yala, this conversation has happened on this podcast already. Okay, and sorry. It is we let's just say we love Disney. We love them so much. We are very passionate in oh, our yeah. opinions. Oh yeah. I get it. I get it. You gotta sell stuff. I get it. I get I so, so get it. But, yeah, but if, if it ain't broke, broke, don't fix it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. Exactly, exactly. And that was not broken. Correct. And so I'm sitting there and Tony's sitting next to me in the VIP area to watch Fantasmic. And I'm going off like in his ear as quietly as I can because I don't want to ruin the experience for anybody else. And he's sitting there listening to me and he turns to me and he goes, wow, you really do know your stuff. I'm like, look, I'm only going off of what I've memorized in my brain my entire life. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, so after that, we... All of us, not just Tony, but all of us, we became really, really good friends, really good friends. We would, um, when I was in town, I had an opportunity to go hang out with them, uh, either in Burbank or in Anaheim Hills, whichever one they wanted to be at. And um, whenever they had a chance uh, or people to go see at Disneyland, um, if I could come along, I was totally there. Um, if I was even in town, it was, it just became this sort of thing for me in my life where I realized I put this away because I thought I wasn't supposed to like this out loud. Um, as um, just as a woman or as a person, whatever. And then I realized the people that were around me and that how much they had already created of what I loved. And it gave me a freedom in some part of me 
to continue to be who I am and to find out what that is and sort of bring back my own childhood and, and, you know, make it okay. Cause it's, I, this family is, uh, this Disney family is huge and it's, it's a huge, um, support system for me as well. Huge support system. Kiela, say you have to get a job working at Disneyland as a cast member. What job would you apply for? First of all, um, I would be a ride operator. Duh. Love it. I would be a ride operator inside. Duh. Okay. Um, Because it's hot, guys. Um, I, summer of 2005, I was on the Autopia crew. See? There I was. I'm telling you. hot. Yeah, but you know what? More power to you. I would probably want to be a Pirates of the Caribbean ride operator. That's probably what I want to do. Yep. That smell of the Pirates, like the the water, is so specific. It's... (laughs) I love you. It's so specific. That's the word of choice. I can be anywhere... Like, and like Star Tours, same thing, but I can be somewhere like in an elevator and be like, totally. it's like Star Tours. Oh my God, Pirates. Oh my God, Star Tours. But oh, that Pirates yeah, water. Totally. It's, and also like, um, Blue Bayou was right there and I'm going, ah, is there an, is there like an invisible wall that's blocking that? Because that's intense. It is intense. That's hysterical. I'll tell you what, I always wanted to eat at Blue Bayou and when I finally did, it was so dark and the lights on the table were so bright, I couldn't see anything. Yeah, but come on. Those sandwiches, those Monte Cristo sandwiches, good grief. Good gravy, good grief. And their fries. Come on. Do you have a favorite Disney character? Yes. It's Pocahontas. Pocahontas was always mine um, because, well, and then also Johnny Fedora and Alice Blue Bonnet. Those three are my favorite. Um, Pocahontas was always my number one because... Well, I guess I would say my number three because I knew about Johnny Fedora and Alice Bluebonnet before she came along uh, because of it, the strength of a woman and the way they portrayed everything about a woman in every sense of the word, the fears, the hopes, the dreams, the loves, you know, the sadness, the fe- uh, all of it. Um, and I loved that. And I loved her connection, the way they portrayed uh, her connection to the earth. Because that is incredibly a part of uh, the Native American culture. Um, And because I am sort of Polynesian, not sort of really, I actually am Polynesian, uh, that is uh, exactly what we do. So I immediately took to her when I saw that movie. Um, Johnny Fedora and Alice Blue Bonnet are are the second to the last characters on Make Mine Music. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Oh, yes, of course. Um, And it's an Andrew Sisters uh, segment. And it is what I probably ain't married right now. But it is the reason that it's what I believe true love really is. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but I'm just going to do a really, really short description of it. It's about two hats that are in a hat shop. They fall in love, a guy hat and a girl hat, a Johnny Fedora and an Alice Blue Bonnet. Alice Blue Bonnet gets sold off for t- my maybe, I don't remember, maybe four twenty three ninety four. I made that number up. Um, and when she leaves, Johnny Fedora freaks out. And as she walks out of this, not walks out, as she's put on the head of her purchaser, she sings out, Johnny, oh Johnny. Your Alice Blue Bonnet will always be waiting for you. So don't give up hoping and don't give up dreaming. For true love will come smiling through. And that's probably why I'm not married. Because that's the most old fashioned <laughs> thing ever. But I don't care. I believe it's it. And I'm going to wait for it. Anyway, to all throughout, Johnny Fedora gets sold. They, always, they completely lose each other again on different uh, purchasers. And then at the end... Johnny Fedora gets cut into fit on a horse's ears. And then he looks over at the other horse that's uh, on the reins. And Alice Bluebonnet is there. And they are together forever. Um, 
that's, that's beautiful. I love that freaking story so much. Where's that ride at Disneyland? We also, where is that on Disney Plus? Anyone? No. Bueller? I have a list. Call me. Yes, I agree. We I we can combine our list. There's a lot. Good grief. Oh, silly. We'll be right back. Oh, what's the big idea with these commercials? Oh, with this Kayla, this is Fast Pass Answers. You're going to have 30 seconds on the clock after I ask the first question. Oh my God, I'm Are you ready? No, 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 no. Okay, now I'm ready. Kayla, what is your favorite Disney movie? Summer Magic. Name a character from The Lion King. Simba. Favorite Broadway musical? Oh my gosh, really? Um... Deaf West production of Big River. Favorite snack in the parks? Churro. Name a Disney princess. Uh, Belle. Name another actor in The Greatest Showman. Uh, Zendaya. Woo-hoo. Time. That was very exciting. Good job. <laughs> that was fun. So churros. Churros are your uh, snack always, choice. Always, always, always. So then, so when the holidays come around, at least, I'm sure it's the same thing at Walt Disney World and all the other parks. When Disneyland does their seasonal churros, oh, I'm there. I'm so there. Disney Park sometimes releases recipes. Have you ever tried to make a churro at home? No, I've, I've, I know that I can't do that. I already know. Why would I do that? I already know. I know it like ruins the magic. Absolutely. There's this great chicken fazuli dish at a pizza planet or pizza port. Ooh. And um, there's the recipe online. And I was like, I just can't. No, I don't worry. I will go there and pay $45 for my (laughs) footlong churro. I'll do it. I will do it. Kiela, this next game is called This Is Me. Disney Park style. Oh my God. So I'm going to give you three clues as to which Disney Parks character I'm speaking of, and it's your job to guess who it is. Okay, give it. Oh, I'm excited. Number one, this is me. I've been at Disneyland since opening summer. I hang out with a mouse named Timothy, and if you give me a feather, I'll fly. Oh my God, Dumbo. Dumbo is correct. Yay! Wow, I got stressed though. An original attraction. That's right. Number two, this is me. I have a cat named Dinah. My ride allows you to look out over Fantasyland, and I was once threatened with decapitation. Alice. Yep. In Wonderland. Don't you love it on that ride when I, you get that, to like... Look, that ride is stunning. It is. And even the updates are so great. The updates are way better than Peter Pan's flight. You didn't hear that from me. Okay. Okay. When you see Big Ben and you see the, them land on the minute hand... You... But do you the see seconds? the land down in Peter Pan where it's connect the dots? No. Have you been on the new Peter Pan flight? Yeah. If you look down once you're over all of London town. Yeah. Everything looks like it's just connect the dots. Nothing is specific. It just looks like a bunch of squares with lights around them. It's magic to me. <laughs> it's good for you. <laughs> Enjoy your magic, okay. honey. <laughs> Okay, number three. This is me. I originate from France. I am always ready to put on a show. And I like to sing words while flowers croon. Oh my gosh. I know this one's a little tough. Wait, say it again. I originate from France. I am always ready to put on a show. And I like to sing words while flowers croon. Sing words while flowers croon. Disney Parks. Oh my God, I'm going to get yelled at. I can feel people yelling at me already and this hasn't even gone out yet. No. Give it to me one more time. I originate from France. I originate from France. I'm always ready to put on a show. And I like to sing words while flowers croon. In the ticky, 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 ticky room. Oh my God, it's the French one. Bingo. Bingo. I knew I could find it. Yes, hold on, hold on, hold on. Pierre. 
Yes, it's Pierre. Oh my gosh, yes! <laughs> wow, that scared the living daylights out of me. Woo! It's the pressure. You know it. I do. You know, if we were in the tiki room right now, you'd be singing it verbatim. Absolutely. I'd even be trying to hit those high, high... Oh, you did it. The flower notes. <laughs> no, those aren't notes. Those are signals. Yeah. So number four, this is me. I disappeared for a long time, but I'm back. I carry around this accessory, which commonly carries headwear, and I'm one of 999. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> what? Okay, wait, do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Okay, I'm doing it again. This is me. I disappeared for a long time, but I'm back. I carry around this accessory, which commonly carries headwear, and I'm one of 999. 999. He's one of them. He's one of 999. What? Think Disney Parks. I am. Hold on. He disappeared, but he's back. He's one of 999. And he carries around a what? An accessory which commonly carries headwear. An accessory which commonly carries headwear. And he's one of 999. I'm going to hit myself once you tell me what the answer is because I have no idea. Disappeared, but now I'm back. But wait, let me just try. I disappeared, but now I'm back. Well, that's a lot of things. I disappeared, but now I'm back. I'm going to give you a hint. Okay. Remember Mr. Fedora? He would have appeared in his accessory. What is Mr. Fedora? He's a hat. He's a hat. So where do you carry hats? On a hat rack or a hat shop. (laughs) (laughs) You carry hats on a hat rack, my friend. It's the hat box ghost. Oh, my God. Oh, you win. You win. You win. No, we all win because oh he's back gosh. and it's the coolest thing. Well, he's back when we get back. Hopefully those yeah, but like are good. He was gone like he was in the original attraction and then gone pretty quickly because the effect didn't quite work. But I love it. It's so creepy, though. It's like super creepy. That was a good one. That was a good one. Holy crap, that was a good one. Our last one. I, I have such faith in you that you're going to get it. So this is me. My best friend is a mirror. I like to look out my window and draw back the curtains. My main objective in life is to be the most beautiful woman in all the land. The wicked queen, the wicked witch. It's the queen. It's the queen from Snow White. Yeah. I'm like, just spit it out. <laughs> Evil queen. Out. Yes. That guy. <laughs> it's like, but but remember when you were a kid, like in Fantasyland and you would be like, oh my God, there she is. Because she just peeks out I of never that rode that ride because of that, uh, because what? of her. Because I never rode that ride because it was terrifying. I couldn't ride that ride until I was in my 30s. Yeah, you know they're, they're redoing it now because it's too scary. <laughs> well, they're also talking because they also have a lot of people saying of what I've hearsay. This is hearsay that people are going, don't you dare put a sweet little happy person up in there. Don't do it. That's not what that ride was. So we'll see what happens. It petrified me. That's for sure. There was a few years ago, the ride shut down right when I was like by one of the witches and it was terrifying that I got to walk out. <gasps> And Dopey's my favorite. And I was like, still scared. Even the lights were on. I was still afraid. It is what nightmares are made of. Yeah. It's what nightmares are made of. It is. When that queen turns around and she's a witch, you're like, what Ooh. the? Ooh. Now let's hear from some of you. Uh-huh. Kayla, your fans online have a lot of questions for you because they are so excited. Oh, bring it. Beverly asks, would you want to do a voiceover for a Disney character? And if so, a good or bad character? Um, that's my dream to, to be a, a voice of a character. For me, I would love to see someone get into the animation studio or whatever studio as a writer and create a character that has both good and bad in them as a female and to see her prevail without hurting anyone but learning lessons along the way. That's what I want to see. And that's who I want to voice. Love it. Great answer. Bring it. Bring it. Bring it. Thank you for your question. Beverly. 
Christy wants to know if you had a favorite character interaction. She shares that she once played fetch with Pluto in the parks. <laughs> yes, I did actually. <laughs> no, she's laughing. I went to um, I went to uh, Halloween time in uh, I forgot what it was called uh, in Walt Disney World actually. Mickey's not so scary. Ago. Yes, Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween, when they had first uh, started showing the Sanderson sisters, which was incredible. Um, and I dressed my own version of Flora, uh, one of the... <laughs> <laughs> and it was awesome. Get off of me. Oh, I'm uh, there for it. And... Uh, I went to go, and she, of course, as soon as you walk in the park, because when you do Not So Scary Halloween, um, I don't know what you do in Disneyland, but at Disney Walt Disney World, you get to enter the park as early as 4 p.m. and stay, you know, the whole night. Um, but what happens is um, there are, the characters are all there waiting for you at the front of the gate, and people are walking in in droves off of these trams looking I mean, there was a whole group that looked like they were headed to go to work at the Haunted Mansion. <laughs> they were so authentic. It looked incredible. And I uh, remember walking in the, you know, I do the, I do this thing where you go to um, the front and you walk under the Disneyland Railroad uh, Bridge and because there's a plaque. That says, here you leave today and enter the world of yesterday, tomorrow, and fantasy. So every time I go into a Disney park, I say that to myself, and then I count to three, and I jump right into the park. And as I'm walking there, at Walt Disney World, you go over to the left, and there's sort of like this lounge area, sort of eating area. And um, there was a space for a character, and it was Flora. And she said to me, princess, it's so good to see you. You look fantastic. I about fell apart and I was 40. I about fell apart and I took about 72 pictures with her. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I don't know if you could hear me, I gasped. That was <laughs> beautiful. I just, I fell out. I was going, oh my gosh, it's her, it's her, it's her. I'm 40, it's her. I'm 40, it's her. Oh, age yeah. doesn't matter. That's exactly right, which is one of the saving graces of Walt Disney. Every time I get to see Mickey in the parks, the first thing I say to him yeah. is, Mickey, do you remember me? And he always nods. It's, it's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> I remember one time I was coming out of DCA um, at California Adventure. I was turning the corner and I was talking to a friend of mine. Um, and we were talking about something, something, something. And then Pluto came walking up alongside me to go start his um, autograph signing. And I was just talking to my friend going, yeah, I don't know what's going on. Pluto! <laughs> and then when, and he totally waved at me. And I walked past him and I looked at my friend and I'm going, what is wrong with me? Nothing <laughs> is wrong with you. That's correct. You are perfect. Correct. You are right. <laughs> Nothing is wrong with correct. you. Thank you. <laughs> Alana wants to know, if you were to be friends with a character in the park, who would you choose? Who would my friend be? My friend, um, as far as a character in the park, would be Tink. Oh, yeah. It would yeah. be Tinkerbell. Yeah. She, she got the down low. She got the down low. She see it all, honey. She see it all. Would you want to fly over the castle? Uh, every five seconds, I would. Every five seconds. Yeah. That's my dream, too. Yeah. Yeah. Devin asks, now that Disney owns Fox, would you like to see them incorporate The Greatest Showman into the parks? Well, I mean, of course I would. Um, just as they have incorporated Marvel and um, other Pixar. Um, I don't know if they'll do that, but of course I'd love to see that. It would be, I would be interested to see what they would do because it's, it's, um, for for my small bit part that I was able to do for um, that film for Fox, it was an incredible experience. And it's it brings me joy to see how much joy it brings other people, which is very similar to who Walt Disney was and what his company stands for. Right. Because at the end of the day, they I mean, I'll tell you right now, straight up. And I was talking to Leslie Margarita about this. I'm sure you guys know who she is. Another guest on this podcast. <laughs> That's correct. Oh, good, good, good. Um, 
she I was telling her I'm not I'm not a huge fan of Star Wars the only one I watched or the only three I watched was four five and six and then it just kind of fell off the wayside and I walked into Galaxy's Edge with Tony and I started to cry I was so upset at how invested I was in this part of the theme park. It was unbelievable. The experience was all there. They have their own language. Everybody knows to hide from the first order. It's un- it's just, it's so, um, it's so Disney. And there have been people telling me that there is a park across the pond, uh, Europe side called Efteling, which does the same thing. They have been doing that forever. And I want so badly to go visit there someday. I think it's in Denmark. Um, but I saw, or Holland or Denmark, I think it's Denmark. Um, I so badly when this, when we're able to, when I'm able to, I totally want to go and see it. I want to go and see that park because there's an experience that Walt has been destined to create and has said and said over and over again this is how we do it this is how we're going to help this out and all the people that worked with him all of the greats you know um mark davis raleigh crump all of the designers and even uh, for the last few bits there tony baxter they set up this this scenario in every single part of these parks so that you forgot that you are the the other life doesn't exist because the only life that exists in front of you is this make-believe world but you're so invested in it and you're so a part of it that it is real and it's tangible and it's better than any drug I could ever take (laughs) it's good grief it's probably cheaper too and you don't get that many side effects you know what I'm saying I can only you know speak from what I've seen I have no idea but it's it's just it's, it's, it's experience. Yeah, it is. It's truly magic. Truly. This next question is very specific. Cam V522 asks, when did you become a fan of Rocket Rods and why? Oh, okay. Cam V522. Cam V522. Um, as I stated before, I um, the first park I went to was Walt Disney World. And one of the rides that I loved was the People Mover. <laughs> um <laughs> It was my favorite. I Well, besides Figment, those two I loved all day and night because I was a troubled teen and I loved just sitting there and watching the world go by going, what is this life? Teenage angst, whatever. I wrote it over and over and over and over again. Um, so when I heard that there was a ride that was using the same track, but not for the same purpose, I wanted to know what that was. And when I found out I didn't want to get off it and yes I would stand in that line for as long as it took me to get on that ride it was incredible because you got to see all of Tomorrowland like you I mean it's the same track from the people mover and and it would pick up and speed up and then slow down and pick up and speed up and slow down it was just it was awesome I loved it I loved it too I got to ride it I was you know like not a lot of people did yeah no a lot because it only lasted five seconds and I was, and I don't know if they did it at, at Walt Disney World. I know they did it at Disneyland because that's where I wrote it all the time before it shut down. And I remember when it shut down, I was going, what's, what's the beef? What, 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 what happened? You know, why, why does everybody, why did everybody shut it down? I don't get it. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, I love that ride. And well, I, then and here's it's the because the tracks are still there. That's what I'm saying. What, what do you want those tracks to be used for? Well, they can't really do anything because if they if they do something, that's why in the middle of like a couple months ago, I think maybe I said, well, since we're a little on a little bit of a break with Disneyland, does anybody want to go in and fix rocket rods? Anybody? Something. Are you taking volunteers? Because I'll sign up, you know, that because I was, you know, that was an awesome ride and not for nothing. There's, you know, of course, there's Galaxy's Edge now, and then there's also Tomorrowland. So, I, you know, the future of that, I have, because they're both thriving. They're both doing really, really well, because, you know, Space Mountain will always be there. And, um, Autopia. Know, yeah, Come Autopia on. will always be there. I love that the, it's now the Finding Nemo ride and, you know, stuff like that. And I don't know. I just, I miss Rocket Roz, and I would, 
I'd love to see it happen again. It probably won't. I'm sure it won't. But um, but those tracks are still there. So when every time I walk underneath them, I just go, well. You pour one out. There she is. <laughs> I pull one out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, final question. It's got to be nonplussed. A Disney Plus podcast, a fellow Disney podcast asks, <gasps> if you could design one float for a parade, what would it be? The float, the float for a parade. What would it be? It would probably be, I mean, I know that, that it sort of exists in some world where there are different Disney princesses all on the same ride and it's never all of them. It's always specifics that they select, but there's so much a part of me that wants to see every single lead female that was featured in an animated feature, um, on a float and sort of having their due and having their time as the float goes down main street, whether that is, uh, an electric light parade situation or a phantasmic situation. I don't know, but I would love, 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 love to see that because interestingly enough, those are the people that are telling these stories in these animated features. And that includes Bam- like, you know, Bambi's mother, you know, that's, it's all of those, all of those individuals that told stories, you know, can Mrs. Banks lead it with votes for women? <laughs> Absolutely. Kayla, I really thought you were going to say a make my music float. I was ready for it. Oh, but people won't know that. However, if they did an accessory float, I'm down with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm down with that too. Nobody knows make my music. Everybody knows melody time and like, you know, the harp singing, you know, in my favorite dream. Nobody knows, you know, two silhouettes together in the afterglow. They will now. It's amazing. Well, they won't until they get it on Disney Plus. Because eh, you can't watch it anywhere unless you own it on a DVD. Kiela, is there anything else you want to share with us? When are we getting Make Mine Music on the Disney Plus? <laughs> yeah, I'm exactly. just asking. Um, I mean, it's anything do I want to share? Look, we're, we're all in the same boat no matter where we are, no matter what we do, no matter who we are. There's always a moment in time, whether it's my time or your time, that we are exactly the same. And it's so important to remember. And what is so great about the Walt Disney Company for me specifically the parks is that they create, they create those moments in time so that, because I, you know, the reason why I love writing a small world at the end of the night is because there's that whole prep, you know, before, before you, you know, get into the actual ride where you're outside, you know, and you see the Disneyland train when it's running, um, go across uh, the clock, and the whole front of the ride. And, uh, and these people wave at you and you wave back everyone in your boat. You don't freaking know them, but you wave back because there is a place that has been deemed safe and okay to be whoever and whatever with Liberty you want to be. And everyone feels safe enough even the parents that are tired at the end of the night and holding their babies, they look at the other parents across from them or they look at the parents next to them or also holding drooling kids, you know, off the side of their shoulder. And there's a smile there because everybody gets it on their own level in that park where, at the same time. And nowhere else, nowhere else except maybe the Olympics can you have that emotion. Can you have, and, and that kind of reverberating feeling and I love that that's the reason why I love that ride so much but I but that's what I want to leave with people is that it may seem like you are really by yourself and you never were you just you never were you were never alone you were never and you will never be alone yeah amen totally Kayla next time you go to the parks what's the first thing you're gonna do I'm gonna cry and uh I'm going to 
uh, ghost. Hmm. I will go straight to the firehouse and look up at the window of uh, Walt's old apartment. And I will hope that the light is on and I'm sure it will be. And that's when I'll know it's okay. Mm, I love that. (laughs) I'll join you there. Oh, good. (laughs) Well, Kayla, thank you so much for sharing your memories and your heart with us. Thank you. This is so delightful. It's been a privilege. And we'll see you at the parks. Yes, come on, let's do it together. real soon on the next episode. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.